Thank you, honey. She's a big blessing. One of the best gifts that God has given me on this earth. God's getting, she also has a testimony that she wrote about going through the depression, some other books. Check with us out there. She's also getting one published now. But it's great to be here. A pastor and the church here. Just got to know you through the years and, and always have been a great blessing here. And I feel honored to be here tonight. Tonight I'd like to invite your attention to Numbers chapter 13 and you may stand. <laughs> Amen. We stand for the word, honoring it in Germany. And we need to have a respect of God's word. Can't respect God if you don't respect his word. Numbers 13 is a chapter that should have been one of the most victorious and glorious in Old Testament history. I mean, for hundreds of years, God had promised to give Israel the land, the promised land. We'll go through some of those promises. Hundreds of years, God had prepared it and then we come here to chapter 13 and the time that the spies are sent out, beginning in verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads of the children of Israel, and these were their names, and it goes through them. Then we pick up in, uh, here and further on, here in uh, verse 16. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Osea the son of Nun, Jehoshua, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, what is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Let's look to the Lord and pray. Lord, we thank you <coughs> for the opportunities that you give us in life. And God, I'm thankful that you never give us an opportunity that you don't go with us that you do not enable us to, to uh, go to thee and accomplish these goals. And God, I pray you touch our hearts tonight. Lord, if you do not bless us in your word, we will not be blessed. God, how blessed we've been with the great preaching this week. The testimonies. God, we're thankful you're so faithful. And Lord, that you promised to be with us to the end of the world. God, we thank you for that. And move in our hearts tonight what decisions need to be made. May we truly not play games like Sandy talked, but being business with you 
And God, look at you at a great God that always will accomplish your goals as we just simply obey what you command us to do. And Lord, we love you tonight. In Christ's name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Yes, it's been a great time. I'm sure we've got some great times coming this week. As we look forward to this, we're praying for the church. And uh, God uses us. You know, we need to think about what these men, and you, uh, sometimes I've read, done this message, I've read off the names. Because these were 12 individual men. They were husbands. They were fathers. They were brothers. They had families. And they came to this point, and what they decided, what they did, affected not only them, but it affected their families. It affected the, the glory of God. And, but let's look at this now. Think about what these men had experienced in the previous three years. I mean, they had come from being slaves in Egypt, really downtrodden, and through the miracles of God. I mean, they'd seen uh, Pharaoh's army. Going, they'd gone through on dry land, through the Red Sea. And I mean, that fact by itself, you've got to think, they saw how God dried that out. They, they walked on dry land. They saw how God brought it back and destroyed Pharaoh and his armies, his chariots in the Red Sea. They'd seen all those ten plagues they'd had there. They'd seen how God killed the firstborn of, Israel, of Egypt and their children, how God had spared them because of the blood that was applied to the lintel. And, uh, I mean, they'd seen that. They'd seen... Uh, how, well, let's look back in, in chapter 11 of Numbers. In chapters 11, <clears throat> let's look at beginning in verse 18. They had their problems. <laughs> and he's talking to Moses and said, And say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Ye shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month, until it come out of your, at your nostrils. And it be loathsome to you, because that ye have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? And Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. That's talking about soldiers. Right. And it basically it was 2 million people with the wives and the children. 600,000 footmen. And thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And the Lord said unto Moses, and it's a good question. He said, as the Lord's hand waxed short, 
Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. Even Moses was doubting. He said, how God's going to do that? And that's one thing I enjoy about faith promise. We've been giving faith promise now over 55 years. And I remember back when I was starting into that faith promise conference up there in Pueblo, Colorado. And my mother said, that's good that you've committed. I think back then it was beginning with $5 a week. Yeah. He says, that's good and, and God will bless us. But don't be surprised if sometimes it doesn't work. Well, now this is 55 years later, and I have to say, it works. Amen. You know, and God is just a faithful God, Amen. and He's able. The Lord's hand is not waxed short. I mean, as these missionaries uh, talked about some of the difficult situations, and we've been through difficult situations in our lives, impossible things. But I'll tell you what, we have a God that specializes in things called impossible. Amen. Actually, He's a God, there's nothing impossible for Him. You think about creating this universe, not just this world, but this universe in seven, six days. I mean, we're talking about God who has no problem. And many times we come and we figure out we've got a need and we figure out how we're going to get it taken care of. And most of the time, it ends up a completely different way that God does it. He just has ways. And He loves to show that it's Him. And He tests our heart. He was testing them and says, how long is it going to be till you get your heart right and stop doubting and just simply obey? But their heart was their problem. And I tell you today, if you have trouble with God, if you had trouble with your circumstances, the problem is not the circumstances. It's our heart. It's our heart. When God gets our heart, believe me, it's no problem for Him to take care of His kids. Uh, there's just nothing too hard for God. But He came and, and He brought an east wind and He brought in the quail. And I mean, it was deep all the way around them. And he says, you don't think I can do this? Even Moses doubted. God can do it. God can do it. And he can still do it in 2021. Praise God. He's still able. And uh, God does it. Now then, uh, these men, back over in chapter 13, chapter 13 and 3, uh, he says, and Moses uh, Let's see. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. All these men. And then verse 16. And these are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hosea the son of Nun, Yehoshua. So we come to these situations. Twelve men, heads of family, husbands and fathers. And, you know, they had been believing and following Moses and God these three years. They'd seen some miracles. They'd seen some things, but now they're coming to a point very critical. Read, uh, they come to this, God sends them to it. But, you see, God had promised this for hundreds of years. He said to Abraham in Genesis 12, 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham saying, and said, 
Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Genesis 26, 3. And he said to Isaac, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I give, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Unto Jacob, the listiger one, the one that, <laughs> the Sir Planter, in verse 13, Genesis 28, 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, the God, uh, the land upon which thou liest, to thee I will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. You know, that's one of the main keys God wants for us to be. Right. We want, he wants us to be a blessing. Amen. He wants us to be a blessing to other people with the gospel. Right. He wants it. And I'd say it's good to be a blessing. Amen. We come to church. We want to be blessed. And praise God, it's good to be blessed. But I tell you what, it's so much better when the blessing flows through us to other people. When we come and we see it at work or our neighbor, or our family, we tell people about Christ and see them coming to a saving knowledge of Christ. Those people in Germany, if the time, as a time will come, Lord will, one time where we leave Germany, it will be a very difficult, difficult turn. That's more than just our church. That's our family. Right. Those are people, most of them we led to Christ. The children we've raised up. and Anyway, it's going to be great. But see, being a blessing to people. Right. That's, that's what he said to Abraham when he called him. He says, uh, you're going to be a bless and I'm going to bless those that you bless. Curse those that curse you. But he wants us to be a blessing. All these promises of God hundreds of years before for Israel and these men and their families. This was the time. God said, it's time now. Go in. Claim the land. Now, the promises of God for us as his children, we have great promises in Christ. I read a few of these in Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein we have, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. All the wisdom and grace of God belong to us in Christ. We are rich. We have, he goes with us. You know, we, we've talked sometimes about the promise of God, but it always talks, he goes with us. You cannot go any place that God's not going to be there to supply your need, to speak to you. We're dependent upon it. That's right. As I preach the word tonight, uh, I can do nothing. Right. But I tell you what, God's word Amen. and God's spirit can touch our hearts, can change us. Amen. Praise God, the, it works today. And it's good to see People that have come to Christ serve God there. But this chapter that should, 
have been the greatest in the Old Testament became the saddest. Became the saddest. Uh, you, you know, here in verse 20, we go on further with the, the command. And by the way, you, you, let me just read quickly. It says, send them and Moses and, and check everybody, okay? He says, just check, their check it out. See if the land is okay. And Lo Moses came and he changed it a little bit. I don't know if you ever noticed that. God didn't say anything, check out how strong the people are. You know, he t God told them from the beginning, you're going to go in and get a land and there are seven nations stronger than you. There's seven one, and that was purposeful. You see, our problems are difficult because we want to show forth that God alone has the power, right. and God will do it. I mean, uh, it's difficult. Your problems in your life. So we find here, beginning in verse 20, and and they said here the difference in verse 20, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, and whether there be wood therein or not, and and be ye of good courage. But they said up above, is it good or bad? You know something, when God tells us to do something, and He's going to give us something, it's not our job to figure it out. It's for us to trust God that He's got it figured out. And believe me, He's the only one that can figure it out. You know, we, we see sometimes stories and hear stories, and they start this way and they end a certain way. And you know, if you're writing a story, you can do that. But you know, I don't know how many we have people here tonight, but to say, we're all going to work to good. Man, I couldn't even possibly do that for myself. But I tell you what, God has a plan for everyone here tonight. And it's good. And it's good. And I tell you, uh, you're safe in the center of God's will. When you follow Christ and do it, I don't care if you're in Germany or in Siberia or in Africa or in South America or in China or wherever it is. If you're in the center of God's will, that's the safest place on this earth for you to be. And I tell you what, God is able to take care of you. If He leads you there, He will provide for you there. Uh, it was a big step for us when we went to Germany. We didn't know anybody there. I tried to find somebody to work with. And by the way, I admire, uh, really in, encourage you to go and to work with somebody. As going to a field, the best person you can that you can learn from. And you can always learn something, even if it's to learn what not to do. You know, it's good to learn from other people's mistakes so you don't make the same. But go and do it. Learn from them. But they came and they were looking how big the cities were where they were walled up. You know, that didn't make any difference. God was giving it. And we can pray. You know, when we got our, our building in Germany and uh, we were in the process of buying that and God moved the heart of that lost German Catholic man. Praise God. God wants to lo save lost Catholics just like He wants to save lost Baptists. And we were sitting there with the, with the uh, realtor and we got word that the neighbors would not, were not going to sign uh, sign letting us change the purpose of it, which was necessary. The, the Bauamt, uh, Building Commission, had given us permission 
They took the building commission to court. But you know what? God turned that whole thing. And, and they, they were all upset. Man, I mean, they were excited. They said, this is all. And we had already started building, Pastor. We were there. We had a crew from Hillcrest come in to help do that. And we were in the middle of that. And we, we got this notice that the, they're not going to take them to court. And they were all upset. And we were sitting there calm. They looked at us and said, aren't you upset that this is not going through? I told him, I said, well, if God wants us to get this, he'll work it out. And if God doesn't want us to get it, we don't want it either. You know, and God took care of all that. Now, the realtor said, if, if this works out, even I'll get saved. <laughs> when it went through, he didn't get saved. He ended up in, in prison. But it, you know, God keeps track of all these things. Now, they came here in this, and as we said there in verse 27, let me read here, beginning here in verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came to the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Malachites dwelt in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They said they saw all the problems. You know, there's, there's some people that have a problem for every answer. You know? And if you want to look for problems and difficulties, you can find them. I mean, you don't, you don't want to go to a certain mission field or something like that. A lot of times when people say, I'm not, I'll never do that. I say, say it real loud. Our son said that as a teenager, he would never become a pastor. Just a few months ago, he had got ordained in his church. And we, Sandy asked him, says, I remember a young person that said they'd never do that. And Warren said, yes. I says, but isn't that what you're doing? He said, yes, mom. His wife was laughing in the background because <laughs> she knew the story. And I'll tell you what, we need to come and say yes to God. The sooner we say yes, the less problem we'll have. And, and I'll tell you what, the more blessing... And I'll tell you one thing, I believe it is clamping down on the ability to do international travel. Right. It's difficult. Last year we had, to, we had a, a time planned to be on furlough here, and we had to cancel it all. We canceled all of our, uh, all of our outreaches in the different countries just because of the rules, the laws that were laid on this. And I tell you what, we need to be about the Lord's business while it's time, if there's any a time to be uh, ha make haste in the work, Lord's work, it's now. 
These men came and they made their excuses. Now Caleb in verse 30, but and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb wasn't any stronger than those others except he knew how strong his God was. You know, you, you hear some of the things that the missionaries do. How could you do it? How could they do it? I tell you what, we're not the heroes. There's one hero. He came forward from the grave and his power, his authority goes with us. It's to his glory. He's our hero. And we lift him up. We do not lift ourselves up and give him the glory. And as we do that, God will give it just like Caleb did right here. And then it goes on in verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had stretched search under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great statue. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of giants, of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. You see, you may think that you're a grasshopper, and basically I guess we all are. But I tell you, that's not the question. The key question is, who's your God? Amen. What is a God's will in this? And you plus God always are the majority. And he makes a way where we don't see any. I, when they came and we, we were looking at this building in Koblenz in Germany in Bassenheim, and uh, it was a great possibility, but it'd have to build Sunday school rooms, fellowship, all that. And we could not do that without buying it. And, and the, God moved the heart of the owner. He said, uh, I'll sell it to you. This was his inheritance as a German. But he was willing. God moved his heart that much. And I said, well, we've got uh, the commitment. We've got to pay for the building that we're meeting in, a congregation of about 35 at that time. And we have to pay for that. We'd have to pay for buying the building, pay for doing the construction. And I says, I just see no way that we could do that. And God moved his heart to say, you can have the building for one year for construction. And he took not even one cent that whole year. That's thousands of euro money lost, dollars lost in a year that God moved this lost Amen. Catholic man to give to us. You see, we have a God with whom nothing's impossible. Amen. Believe that. And you may see a problem. It's impossible to maybe get into a field. Not if God wants you there. God will make a way. And uh, just make your God bigger than your problems. I try to tell our people, uh, there's one of the men that stood up in our church at, when I was in the hospital for uh, three and a half months unexpectedly. There was nobody else in the ministry there. And this man in our church stood up and did the preaching on Sunday morning. Those three months, at least, I was gone. When I came back to the church, the church auditorium was full. They were singing. I relaxed. Come after that. And I tell you what, but... But he sort of slipped. This COVID thing, he's older, 
somewhat older, not as old as I am, but he sort of slipped. He started looking at problems. Hey, they had a plan in November to go on a, uh, a sort of a health treatment there, very hard to get the, the treatment. And he was afraid if he came and got any kind of a illness, he wouldn't be able to take that trip. And so they didn't come to church when they could have for over a month. Just wasn't there. And you see, he would go to work. He'd go shopping. And my question is, where's God in all this? Where is God in your life? We have a God and he got a purpose that he has allowed all this problem with the COVID. And the darker the night, the brighter our stars ought to shine. I'll tell you what, I'm in the, what's considered the danger age to come now. And I could get COVID, no doubt about it. But I'll tell you what, we still have a God that heals. And if God doesn't heal me, he takes me to heaven through it. There's something wrong with that. You're going to threaten me with heaven? I tell you what, God is able to work all things to his glory. Our lives need to be caught up with who God is in it. And how big is God in your life? And I tell you, he wants to reach this world for his glory. And we need to be obedient to that. And it's a blessing of God going through us to these Difficult situations, right. no doubt about it. I did not pick Germany because the people were so wonderful. The weather was so wonderful. There's many things about German I enjoy and appreciate. But I tell you, it certainly was not my choice. But I tell you, I thank God for his choice. He has given a love for the people. And I tell you what, I rejoice for the privilege of having been a missionary that time. I love to go hunting and fishing and different things. I was raised doing that in Kansas. We can't do those things over there. But you know what? We can go fishing for men. We can enjoy seeing lives changed by the gospel of Christ. And I tell you, there's nothing greater than that on this earth. They came, but these men came, the, the ten men, they paid a high price for seeing the problem and not being obedient to the opportunity. That's right. They had the opportunity to go in there and make it a joyous time. The promise of God seeing, being fulfilled in their lifetime, going and claiming the world, claiming the, the promised land, but they turned, they turned away. Yes, they turned away and rejected it and saw their problems bigger than their God. And you know, uh, it's very sad to look at only the difficulties and not looking at the, and claiming it. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every wheat and the sin which does so easily beset us, and I believe that's a lack of faith. Mm. Yes, sir. That's so easy to look at our situation and not look at the Lord. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let's run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross 
despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, in the next 40 years, 10 of those men are going to die in the wilderness. Their families have to go through this. Their children have to go out in the wilderness. I mean, Moses and Joshua and Caleb had to go out the 40 years in the wilderness that they could have been in the promised land, seeing the victories there, but having to endure the judgment of God upon Israel because of their lack of faith. And I'll tell you one thing, one of the hardest things in the ministry is I've been to hundreds of churches in my life and to find people that said, you know, God's choice was upon my heart. But, and then comes the excuse, the reason. I've even met some pastors that said, oh, right here in Oklahoma. Says, man, I was a missionary on the field and man, I let this problem and that problem, this distraction, and I left the field. And it's sad that I left the field. He's pastoring now, praise, but he's got a, a, really a problem, a sadness, because he knew that he was where God wanted him and he left that. And you know, there's opportunity, miss opportunities. For some of you, God's calling to you to do something for him. He's got it and he's doing it. He's paid the price. He died on the cross of Calvary. He paid the price that's greater than any other price that we could possibly think of to reach people for Christ. And he wants you to be involved in a particular place, a particular, to do it, be a testimony for him. He saved us to use us for a testimony. And uh, you can miss the opportunity. There was a man that was in a college with us and the call of God was upon his hand, and upon his life and everything. And we knew him and talked to him personally and every time we'd see him, he came last time we saw him, just last the other week. He said, he called Sandy, he said, Sandy, my conscience, because we'd come, remember, you were called the hand of God. Praise God, he ultimately did get involved and praise God to it. But it could have been earlier. It could have been, don't wait. Get involved and go the way that God wants you. The time is short. The souls of men are in the balance. Do we not understand that our living by faith and obedience affects our families, our children, and it affects the glory of God and the conditions of lost souls in this precious world? Yes, in Romans 8, 28, God's word said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. God help us to be more than conquerors. Amen. You know, and you have to go forward by faith. You try to figure it out, you won't make it. But I tell you what, as you come and yield to that, that call, the, the movement of God in your life, whether it's here in this, in this church of ministry, whether it's in the community, the lost people, 
that are waiting for the gospel right here, whether it's to going to ministry here or there, wherever it is, be yielded, totally yielded to what God wants. And I guarantee He will provide. He is faithful. He will use you. And I pray that God would use you. Praise God, you can look at the end and say, God's faithful. I have fought a good fight. And give God the glory. And I tell you what, to see souls come. It's going to be great to get to heaven. To see many Germans. And people in Russia too that we've been over there in different countries. That seen souls saved because we had enough faith to follow God. Amen. I tell you, if he can use me, he can use anybody. I'm no special missionary. I'm just one among many. And basically every one of us either a missionary or we're a mission field. That God needs to tell us about it all over again. They get our hearts so we'd fall in love with our Savior and say, Lord, where thou lead, I'll go. I'm willing to be what you want me to be. And let him change us and give the glory to him. Let's stand, look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, we come tonight and Lord, it's an opportunity that we have in our lives and we pass this way but once. And God, what a sad chapter that was for Israel when the men leading led their people to rebel against God, to have a lack of faith of how great he was and the great victory that he wanted to give them at that time. And yet they failed to obey. And they were put out into the wilderness for 40 years. And the great majority of them, all of them men had to die. But God, I pray that we would realize that lives are on the, on the balance. And God, that we would yield and come and have a compassion for the, you, a love for you, and your compassion for this lost world. And God, I pray that you touch lives tonight to come and yield to you. We thank you for what you've done this week, but Lord, you're not through yet. We claim your victory even in the giving of the church, but the giving of ourselves first to give unto you. We pray you'd work and touch hearts and move lives and call people into your harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.